Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Android Faithful. We are your weekly source for the latest news, hardware, apps for the wonderful wide world of Android. As always, I'm Ron Richards, and I'm joined by... Win Dwight Dow, jamming to our awesome intro music. Excellent. And Michelle Rahman. Hello, Michelle. How are you doing, buddy? Yep, back home. Feel great. And we are so excited to <laughs> add a friend of the show to the show as our guest, Mr. Juan Bagnell, <laughs> at some gadget guy. You know him. You love him. If you watch our old show, you knew he was a, a frequent uh, guest. Welcome back, Juan. Or welcome to the show. <laughs> so glad to be back. You guys are talking to me. It's a podcast of friends, and I'm so happy. I was so, so emotional at the end of that other show, and I can't tell you how how stoked I am that my friends are back. My nerdy lunch table Android conversation <laughs> is weekly again, and I'm so worked up about it I'm, I'm i'm really happy to be here thank you so much for having me i'm 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 chuffed we're very excited to have you um you were on the short list of folks we got to get on uh early on to the show so we're glad to have you back for those of you who might be new to android faithful and not aware one back now why don't you tell everybody where, where you're from what you do uh and that fun stuff yeah I'm I'm a general technology commentator and gadget reviewer. I've got a storied history of working in Hollywood and casting and commercials and production, and that sort of rolled over into uh, recording equipment. And now, you know, really getting to play with a lot of toys. And obviously, you know, sort of the 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 core, like singular 
piece of all of that is the phone and the tablet and all of the computers that we get to play with. And I, I you'll see me on a bunch. I'm a gun for hire for a number of other outlets out there. So you'll see my editorials and my videos and reviews pop up. And then for myself, it's somegadgetguy.com awesome. and somegadgetguy across social media. So we just like to play with toys. We love it. And you're one of the best at playing with toys. So we're glad to, we're happy to have you on the show. Um, all right, cool. Well, before we end this week's news, it was funny because like we were playing on the show and all week I was bugging Michelle and when I'm like, it's slow news week, slow news week. But we did have a bunch of stuff pop up. Um, we got some great stuff for Last you. Last minute. But, but yeah. first, want to remind <laughs> everybody, if you're new to Android Faithful, head over to androidfaithful.com. There you can check out our nifty website and that's all the links you need to go subscribe to the po- podcast on Pocket Cast, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Apple, if you want, we've got people listening on Apple. Um, you, you can listen, you can subscribe to YouTube. It's all there. Um, and there you can also find a link to our Patreon. And we really, 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 really want to thank all of our supporting patrons. You all are the best. Um, and if you sign up there, you get, you can get an ad free version of the podcast. You can get exclusive content. You get to pick a news story for us to talk about on the show. Um, which this week's, uh, uh, patron pick was pretty surprising. Um, and if you sign up at the higher level, you get a t shirt which is pretty cool. So uh, definitely go to patreon.com slash Android faithful. We thank everybody who's done that. Um, but first uh, let's get into the news. What do you guys say? Um, yeah. So this actually was a bit of breaking news that happened earlier today. And actually techno mensch who's watching live uh, was in the, the DTNS discord in the Android channel. was like, you guys going to talk about this, right? And I was like, of course we're going to talk about it because the fact that Google messages is now turning RCS on by default and launching group end-to-end encryption is rather a big deal um, for anybody in the messaging space. And I know we're, we're joking about the Android faithful drinking game, but like RCS <laughs> is a, is like how when, how many shots is that in the drinking game? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, how much, how, how hazardous do we want to be at least one? I mean, oh. for as much as Google has been talking about RCS, both kind of like, at will and or not at will if if you're if you're Apple yeah. <laughs> like probably three probably three. Oh man yeah so so or or drain your cup yeah that, that <laughs> there you, you get go to, you hear RCS and you got to drain your cup exactly so you well so yeah so basically Google announced today that RCS in the messaging app is now quote unquote enabled by default for new and existing users although some may be asked to agree to the terms of service provided by their carrier network. Um, and it will stay disabled if you had turned RCS off um, and users have the ability to turn it off anytime from the messages setting in the RCS chats window. Um, and they want to go the extra mile to make sure that there's security in your messaging. So end-to-end encryption for one-on-one conversations that launched in June 21. They started rolling that out for groups uh, in testing in January. And now that is uh, moving forward. Everyone must have RCS enabled um, and it cannot be disabled. Um, and unfortunately, um, Technomensch in the uh, of our viewing audience, he's awesome. Um, he or she is awesome. Uh, <laughs> also shared in the DTNS uh, Discord that there are a lot of problems that came with it as a Google Fi user and also as somebody who uses an iPad with the messaging app. Um, it, it, it ran into some problems that if RCS is enabled, users have to disable backup to the web. And RCS wasn't working in the web app, which means it won't work on the desktop or iPad. And Google Messages web app doesn't support push notifications for calls or text on the iPad. Um, and he was digging into that with Google support. A lot there to unpack iPad, Google, Android, things like that. But 
regardless, uh, what do you guys think of this? What do you think of uh, RCS now being uh, completely uh, the, the turned on by default uh, for users, whether you like it or not? I'll go first. Um, I just feel like this is yet another link in that chain of carriers getting involved in things that they shouldn't have, delaying where we inevitably would have made it. And then now we're finally taking those steps where RCS should be sort of the standard that it it, it might have been years ago. And, uh, you know, like we've seen with payment systems and carriers getting involved with that, now messaging systems and carriers getting involved with that. I kind of feel like for as many different Google stories as we've had about messaging. Now it finally feels like we're taking that first step into this being legit, even though we've been talking about it for uh, like eight years now, seven years now, something like that. Now we can finally take it seriously. So these types of moves, and I know it's going to, they're going to be a bunch of teething pains, but these kinds of moves, I think help validate that messaging services also have needed to evolve for a while. And, and now hopefully we've got some better cross communication tools to keep people in touch. It's definitely a walk in the walk. Uh, Michelle, I'm dying to hear what you have to think about this. I'm sure you've got opinions. So. Yeah, I'm more curious about how many people will actually like realize that, you know, not that it's on, but like what they can actually do with RCS. Because I know like yeah. when you first turn it on or you uh, it's presented to turn it on, there's like a little screen. But I think it's like a one page screen. And I'm, how many people are just going to tap got it and like move on and not realize all the things they could do that, you know, they previously complained, oh, I don't have iMessage on Android. Well, now you basically do. But do they even realize they can do all the stuff that you can do, like higher quality messages, you know, see uh, read receipts, all that stuff, right? Like, I'm messaging a few people like my sister-in-law. Like, we have an RCS chat, and I don't know, like, I haven't asked her, like, do you realize, Do you know about this feature or anything like that? I should actually probably well, that, ask her that's the thing. what she knows. I feel like the, the right implementation of this is people don't need to know what the underlying technology yes. is available to, yes. and yeah. they mm-hmm. will discover it, like, the first time when they rolled out the um, emoji reactions and messages, like, whoa, look at that. I can do that. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a certain amount of it's great to have a brother or a family member who's your IT member who can show you these things. <laughs> yeah. But like a lot of users are going to stumble on those facts and discover it as they do it because Michelle, really, how much does your sister know about everything the phone can do? Like the capabilities of what? Yeah. Like I feel like the the most average users don't know, you know, seventy five percent of what their phone can do. So. Yeah, yeah. True, I mean, the, but I the think flip it, side. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say real quick. The flip side of your point is we're hoping outside of the iPad issues and some of those iPhone and Google Fi compatibility issues, it would be the greatest victory if I went into one of my family group chats and no one noticed. Right. Mm-hmm. That would actually yeah. be the right way to do this. I'm hoping we don't have too many of those other teething pains. Yeah. But I think the, the other side to that is that we see this huge marketing push from Google. They're trying to convince Apple to enable RCS on iOS. And if users aren't aware that it's a, really a thing, you know, I think that's going to hurt this push because if, you know, users, if there's not a huge demand for it, there's the Apple is not going to face much pressure to actually enable it. Well, I, so I, I think, I think it's a, we I do need people to be aware. Not to drop through there, but I yeah. also think it's a pipe dream that we think that Apple's ever going to play in this pool. Like, I don't, un, un, unless, the, until the EU makes them, I don't think that's ever going to happen, no matter what Google does. I don't know. Wynn, what do you think of all this? Um, I, I do think, yeah, it's, it's them putting their money where their mouth is finally. And, while I have a lot of sympathy for, you know, like problems like techno mentions happening, you know, I, I think, and I, I've never had to roll out something as, as, as insane as like a, you know, protocol chain for, you know, an entire ecosystem, like an entire ecosystem of customers. But this is kind of one of those like, 
lose lose maybe win situations for a developer where you need to make a very specific change it it's something that everyone needs everyone should have but you know as you said like a lot of lay people like they won't know they don't and, and a lot of people don't even like really even watch advertising or aware of even like the the, the the slightest slight the slightest techie news at all and so i think yes it is on the onus of the developer to you know make these features discoverable that's like something we talk about all the time uh in kind of like app world is like can we make it discoverable especially for things like this how do we surface it do we how do we message people to let them know hey something's changed but you're gonna like it uh or you need to know these kind of things so i i'm very sympathetic to the just rolling it out basically i'm very sympathetic to the strategy of like hey let's roll it out support the best that we can make things discoverable as we can and sometimes you just gotta rip the band-aid off because because i've been in 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 projects where we kind of hope that people just meander to the new thing and for whatever reason whether it's resistance because it's really hard to change your tech whatever your tech environment your tech thing that you like or just people aren't aware it takes a really long time and for something like this the faster that everybody gets on rcs you know the better it is high tide lifts all boats so we kind of just gotta throw everyone in the water with floats it's, it's yeah. also it's fun it, I, I, <laughs> yeah it, but it, but it is i mean like uh, i would say with my siblings and my my mom and my dad we're all on android and we had our own little just family group text thread and i want to say it was about a year after we were all on RCS before my mom kind of clicked and that she could do things in chat that she had been doing on her iPad with her siblings that are mostly on iOS devices. And that was such a joyful discovery. Oh, I can do this. Oh, and I can do that. And then it like caused this like chain reaction of like experimenting with other things that she yeah. could do in this thread on her phone. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that kind of experience is, is a bit broad. You know, when someone kind of stumbles into something or when they kind of discover something, that that really is a fun experience. We can't overlook that those fun experiences are often the ones that get shared, even if they're not headlines on major tech publications. That's the real grassroots stuff that I think helps spread uh, something new like this. Right. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the RC, you know, RCS is joy or like, or how the RCS revolution actually happens, you know, if it's yeah. televised or not, but like, it, it's the kind of, but like the thing is there's, there's also a cost. And when you're saying that, and we saw, you know, Technomensch in our chat, he's saying, just wait till users realize that their texts no longer backed up because they were forced to change to RCS, which is like, it's going to be a, like what they're going through. It's going to be a bumpy road for some people, or they're not even going to notice like Michelle's point. Like, so, but we all know that it's the right direction. And when you're dealing with users in the millions, right? You've got to just, you know, like sometimes you got to break some eggs in order to make an omelet, right? Yeah. And, so, well, and, and, and this sucks. is, uh, and from having watched the 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 podcast and, and knowing the kind of people that are in the stream, that's also where it's on us to be good tech ambassadors. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it's infuriating and you're going to smash your face into your keyboard, but I've got a couple apps that I use to back up my text messages because I'm constantly switching phones. Yep. And sometimes I've just got to do it brute force. Yeah. Sometimes I've literally just got to copy every message on the phone put that into a, a zip S file use another app S and sms backup it i mean it's it is the it is the yeah. ugliest app and it is not been, and it works, it works so, so 
well, so perfectly. And then I've got gigabytes <laughs> on Google Drive of, of, of an XML of all my messages. Um, I can relive my dating from 15 years yeah. ago because they're all up there. But yeah, it is, it is fascinating. I won't let go. I'm a digital hoarder yeah. like you, Ron. I will not let go. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Um, I do like that Clockwork DG in the chat said WTF is RCS, which I feel like is, is, is some yeah that's sums fair up what a lot of people might think. So. Totally fair. It's, yeah, correct. Um, yeah. Anyway, stay stay after for, for the after show Clockwork. We can we can explain <laughs> RCS for you if you want. Anyway, so moving on. So Michelle, we got some we got some pixel rumors uh, milling about, don't we? Michelle. Yeah, so there we go. I was waiting for it to load up there so I could talk about it as it showed up. So yeah, according to the latest rumor from, um, you know, that's being cited around the internet, the Pixel 8 series will be stuck again at 128 gigabytes of storage for another year. So I think a lot of people are kind of like disappointed by this news because a lot of other phones are getting to like base model 256 gigabytes storage or, you know, there are even higher tiers of storage. But um, once again, the base model for these two devices will be 128 gigabytes of storage. And, you know, if you look at how large photos and videos are becoming and, uh, you know, there were rumors earlier that the Pixel 8 series might even support 8K video recording, like uh, how much storage space that will eat up just for a couple of minutes of 8K videos. And of course, that's just a rumor. We don't know if that'll actually happen. But, you know, it is interesting to note that they are sticking with that uh, tier storage again this year. I mean, does, does it not to be devil's advocate, but does it matter? Like, do do I think it matters for certain types of users? Like, I mean, you two are digital it, hoarders, right? Like, yeah, if you're I, hoarding I mean, a lot of data, you, you need space. I mean, eight K, so what? Four K is like honestly four times bigger than two K because two times two. Right now, eight K is like two times two times that is like I, I'm not gonna have any space left. I'm I'm just not. right. But what about the cloud? Yeah. Right? Don't you have? It, oh, it, you don't want AK cloud, cloud, right? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> uh, there are so few people that have that kind of cell connection where cloud, yeah, 8K can make any sense at all. Yeah. Um. But but I mean, like it, it it matters. I feel because Google makes such a big presentation about the photography, and it's one of the main selling points. Yeah on pixel devices is, I mean, like I still hold it up for all of the wacky phones that I love to shoot, you know, photos and videos on when it comes to making recommendations to family and friends, pixels are always high on the list because of how good that point and shoot camera experience is. And you don't even think about how much content you just, you just create every day on those. I I, kind of feel like not for like the a series, obviously, or even maybe just for the pixel eight, but at least for something like the Pixel 8 Pro, that might be one where you're already going to be paying a higher price. You're already talking about different components. You're already talking about different cameras. To me, it would it would be it's time to look at the Pro and say it's already more expensive. So let's bump that up to 256. Right. Um, I, I feel like 128 is getting really claustrophobic now. It I is. never thought I'd. Say I was just going to say, think about where we were. Think, think about where we were five years ago, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but if we're going to do 8K, it's just like, yeah. And, and yeah. I kind of agree. I actually ran into this on my. Let me think. Uh, actually, on my, uh, my my Samsung. But even someone who's kind of like just an avid like videographer, whether that's like for your kids or mm-hmm. if you like to post things on Instagram, it's kind of crazy how quickly if you shoot at 4K or even like HD, how quickly it goes. Yeah, I'm, I think like I would record like my workouts and that's like 20, 30 minutes at a time. And there's nothing more frustrating than losing part of a video because you've run out of space, especially given yeah. how much we pay for flagships. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it just it. Yeah. So, and, and, and your mileage right. might vary on that as well. If you don't use video much, you're good probably. But I, yeah. I think especially as like flagship phones become almost like you know everyday cameras or you know like filmmaking you know apparatus it, it's it to kind of keep that kind of premium image and that kind of like lifestyle or all these cool stories that we have about i mean i guess it's samsung that was like really scott you know like that kind of story needs to be backed up by <laughs> a little more storage just just a bit more yeah it's fair not, not well, a lot e- even without going to ak 4k at a very good bit rate or 4k the way that the uh, pixel processes that great hdr video that takes up space. I mean, if you want that quality and you want that clarity, then even at 4K, 128 is starting to get a little claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah it's not just video or like camera and photos. It's also apps. Apps continue to yeah, get bigger and bigger. I think recently I saw uh, the you know the really popular game Genshin Impact. It's 21 <laughs> yeah. gigabytes in size now mm-hmm. on Android. Oh my gosh. And so yeah. games and apps are just uh, going to continue to get bigger. You know, th- there's more compression techniques and like there's all these Play Store things that are helping with reducing space like that you, on apps that you don't need. But then the, but, but then they're going to get bigger and bigger. They're yeah. pushing the limits at the same time, which is yeah, oh yeah. Which is, um, yeah. YouTube True. YouTube now is like kind of um, I think I turned on YouTube like uh, the suggested downloads and yeah. I look and I'm like oh, oh yeah. that's awesome but also. That's a lot of space. The, the, the YouTube like advanced downloading nonsense. Cause yes. my kids watch YouTube on the Google TV in the living room. And then like all of a sudden I'll be at work and I'll look down my phone and I'm like, it's downloading, you know, like, you know, Sesame Street, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't need this on my phone. And I'm sure I could set it up and turn up, but like, it, yeah, it, it's, it, it is amazing how much like advanced, like, Hey, I've got a good data connection. Let me fill up your phone as possible for when you're offline, which yeah. is interesting. We are burying the lead though on the Pixel 8 though. Before we move on to the next story, Michelle, I just want to note that the, um, um, the colors of the Pixel 8 and the Pixel 8 Pro uh, might be licorice, peony, and haze uh, for the Pixel 8. Oh and the Pixel, the, the okay. Pixel 8 Pro might be licorice, porcelain, and sky. Um, those are all words. Are, those, What's haze? Uh, yeah. haze? What's haze? They're all very playful words. <laughs> haze is like it's like an orange. I think it's like a it's like almost like a wildfire. The sky during a wildfire. That's that's <laughs> not that's not the best. Okay, that's that. Well, Google often has Google these engineers like, in California. That's would fair. Be familiar. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Drawing from they have these from really life. playful, playful, playful sounding names for like their colors, <laughs> but it's kind of hard to actually guess Visualize what it's them. actually going to look like until yeah. you see it. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we got one more pixel leak, right, Michelle? Yep. So the previous one came from uh, the German publication Win Future. This one is from Android Authority itself, and it's by reputable pixel leaker Camilla. Um, who has, you know, gotten so many things right in the past can, few months. Can you pronounce Camilla's is... last name? <laughs> boy, ch- uh, boy, I, I asked her. I asked her and she's like, I it's it's okay if you if you if you butcher it because I'm pretty sure no Americans can like pronounce <laughs> Woj- Polish Wo- last Wojciechowska? <laughs> I'm gonna say Woj- Wojciechowska. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh Camilla's pretty awesome now. But so, right, so uh, tell us tell us quickly Camilla, about the watch. Yeah. So so Camilla has discovered through her sources that the Pixel Watch 2 will be packing an ultra wideband chip. So for those of you who don't know, ultra wideband is the radio technology that allows for super accurate or super precise positioning. So like um if you point your phone at your um like your car key, uh, your you know your door handle, if your car key supports ultra wideband, then you know some cars you can unlock it just by pointing your phone at it. It's basically like allowing you to find things very precisely. And of course, like the Apple AirTag is a very good example of what you can do with ultra wideband. 
Um, unfortunately, we don't know exactly what ultra wideband on the Pixel Watch 2 will be used for, but uh, we do know there are a lot of possibilities, such as the digital car key example that I brought up, the um, tracker tag example that I brought up, and there were earlier rumors that Google was working on their own tracker tag. So maybe that release could coincide with the Pixel Watch 2. Um, and as you know, he's Ron is scrolling through the article right now. There's a whole bunch of other details, like from this report. But I think the key one was the ultra wideband one because uh, there's some other details we had already known about, such as the switch to a Snapdragon processor. Um, there's also here a retail animation is showing. I was going to say, the re- don't bury the lead on the retail animation. I feel like that's the most important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, this is, what, this is what you'll see when you walk into the store. Yeah, but you know, like Woo. you know, the 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 same bezels like the same look and feel of it's going to be pretty much the same but like slightly larger battery i mean like what do we expect from an iterative update to the to the watch right so yeah i think the two biggest ones that we know of so far is ultra wideband and the snapdragon processor those are the two biggest rumored upgrades yep well, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll get suckered in and try the Pixel Watch 2 when it comes out. And now that Pocket Cast has the has the uh, uh, Wear OS app, I can I can finally listen it's to my podcast. It's your year, Ron. It's, it's my year. year. Let me tell you, a little little yeah, up. Do. By the way, little update on the topic of um, of uh, of Android tech for runners. Um, so, when you might notice this, I sent my nothing ear sticks back to nothing to either get replaced or repaired because the the audio was practically gone from the left ear and the right ear was starting to crackle and everything like and it was and it was getting now, much more quieter are you sure that's not just your tonight that's one that's a great point and i spent <laughs> i can't tell you the amount of time i spent at home like putting headphones in <laughs> taking headphones out like listening like i'm sorry that was that was totally dirty and under i know I, I teed it right it's up there no, but, but we, and we talked about this all about android a couple of months ago i literally thought i was losing hearing in my left ear because the left yeah. earbud was going so low but then I put in another pair of earbuds and and it was fine. I switched back to my Nexigo. You know the little Nexigo, um, uh, those ones? I switched back to them and it was so loud. Both ears were fine. I'm like, all right, something's wrong here. So I sent them back to the nothing ear stick. Um, but then, so nothing has it. Hopefully they're repairing it or giving me a new one. We'll see. I got an email saying they received it. Um, so I've been using the Nexigo, but then sure enough, I woke up this morning and the dumb Nexigo earbuds battery died overnight. Like this, the, all the problems I had with the Nexigo previously that they nothing solved with their little case. So I had to use this this pair of earbuds with my little USB C to uh, Courage Port dongle and go running with that. And the number of times I hit the headphones and ripped it out of the phone and it stopped. Uh, I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated. Ron, are you turning into a lecturer or something where your body is just consuming? I might be like, the life force of like gadgets uh, around yeah, you. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it hasn't been fun. That's for sure. But. I'm sorry. Um, oh, I'm worried about mine now. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, like, as I, I was, I mean, I wear it exclusively to run. So I'm wondering if sweat got into the earbuds and just sorted I it mean, out. That is, yeah. So that's really tough. Do you, uh, so the, the nothing ear sticks, those are open ear earbuds or are they inner open ear? Yeah. They're like, they're like this earbud that I okay. use. I don't like things going yeah, in my ear. So like they are, they're like that with a little stick that comes out they're, they're, and they've been great. But I realized when, when I got it, them in it, October, so they're under warranty. So I'm, I'm holding them to it. But when it comes to like soaking that kind of stuff, I wonder if those ear vents make it easier for moisture to kind of get in there. Right. I, 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 you know, every time I'm on one of your podcasts, Ron, I kind of feel like I'm the guy who's like, now, Ron, you remember to eat your vegetables. I know. I love it. That's why we love Um, you. (laughs) 
I really need you to try out some bone conduction for sure. a long-term test drive to see if that kind of like sweat interaction yeah. on something closed um, happens to you again. Yeah. And then also it would kind of leave your ears free. You could decide if you wanted to wear earplugs or not. Yeah. But send, maybe offline. Send, yeah, send I, me I some links. I have a spare pair. Oh, I'll... I'll no, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, 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 at this point, Ron, you've done so many videos with me about talking about audio tech and Bluetooth audio versus headphone jacks and stuff. Like, I feel like I just need to put something in a box. Yeah, and just say, and go. Send it let's do it. We'll talk offline. Just, we'll do just it. Yeah. do it. Yeah. So let's let's right. communicate because I think I might have something that could work for you. My other oh. my other old man angry uh, audio thing isn't related, <laughs> isn't related to the technology but to the YouTube music app because um, <laughs> I am so sick of uh, having my kids in the car and playing kids music and if I and they're asking for the next song and I'm driving and I'm trying to search for the dumb song they want and the moment you leave the play screen in the YouTube music it stops the music as child protection but like yeah. I'm I'm 46 like <laughs> I don't need to be protected. I and it, I I meant to look to see if it's a setting that I can turn off, but I don't think it is because they're so worried about y'all. That's I'm 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 derailing the show now, so I'll stop now. Um, because we've got hardware to talk about. Because Michelle, oh wait, oh, wait. no wait, wait, oh, wait, 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 you're right. I jumped. Don't, I, don't. I jumped. You're right. You're it's totally okay. wrong. You're totally it's wrong. It's totally fine because I also jump. But it's time for the patron pick of the week. So every Monday at twelve o'clock, we put up three news stories for our lovely wonderful patrons to pick from uh to vote on and we 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 talk about the winner it was actually pretty close this week we had qr code scanning over long distances uh one plus one open the foldable that they're coming out with uh renders show some ch- significant giant design changes and i was actually really surprised about this one best buy to offer google pixel repairs in store because i know our fam loves repairs but the winner is qr code scanning over long distances Y'all like dun, your, QR, dun. Your, your QR code scanning. <laughs> um, so you know that trope in uh, procedural police shows about enhance and, you know, how it's kind of really BS because it doesn't really work like that? Well, yeah. I mean, to some extent, um, you can kind of think that, you know, the the ML kit uh, SDK for barcode scanning, you, you can, I, I would let you call it enhancing because now the latest releases of both the ML kit barcode scanning, which is just kind of like the nuts and bolts API that allows you to do QR code scanning as well as the, hold on, uh, the Google, so the actual Google code scanner, which is kind of like a pre-built software experience that devs can just plug and play. Both of those are getting this auto zoom. So basically what happens is when you usually uh, scan a QR code, right? It has to kind of fit within a certain size within the reticles that you see with whatever your QR code scanner of choices. Well, now if the, you know, Google code scanner or the whatever, you know, app of your choices that is using like kind of the updated ML kit uh, barcode scanner actually detects a barcode, uh, a barcode in the screen. It will actually zoom in on any, any, any QR codes that it finds. So if you are on the video stream, you can kind of see an example of how far away, it will actually zoom in on QR codes. So it's actually really scanning the entire frame, seeing if there are any QR codes and just zooming in and actually having that QR code, regardless of how small it is. I, I assume it still has to be recognizable as a QR code uh, and have it actually fill the reticle. So there you go. Enhancing. <laughs> I mean, uh, zoom, I, enhance. zoom enhance very much. So it probably 
does use some, I, I believe the, this Verge article did speculate, or maybe Michelle, you mentioned that the, there might be some AI. That's the best part of this, this article, by the way, because uh, first off, this article was suggested by a friend of the show, Burke, um, and that's how it got into the patron pick. Oh, hey. So uh, hey, yeah, thank you, Burke. Um, but uh, I love the article. It says, as pointed out by Android expert, Michelle Rahman, and it's one of your tweets, Michelle. <laughs> did you know about this, sir? Uh, did I know about? Yeah, I'm the one who tweeted the no, news. No, did That's you know about this art that The Verge on. quoted you? you were, oh no, <laughs> yeah, you know, I know about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're kind of a big deal, and I need you to <laughs> kind of a big that. deal. So, oh, and Burke uh, waves. Burke waves at all of us. Hi, Burke. Thank you for the suggestion. Yes. So. One other uh, one other small detail about this news is that um, the. Android QR code scanner that's in like your quick settings panel that actually uses the ML kit uh, barcode scanner API under the hood. And Google is testing the integration of this auto zoom feature into that QR code scanner. So you don't have to use like a third party app to take advantage of this new auto zoom feature. It should be built into the Android uh, QR code scanner in the near future. Cool. All right. Well, there's your patron pick of the week. You can go to patreon.com slash androidfaithful, and you can vote every week if you become a patron. It's, it's, it's a way how you can get a part of the show. So we love that. And now- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. surprising patron pick. And now we can go to hardware because Michelle has got some cool stuff to show us um, from the fine folks at Asus, right? All right. There you go. Let me unmute myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have in my hands the Asus Zenfone 10. I actually got this like while I was out of town. And so like I just came back and this is just sitting for me as like a happy little surprise. It's like finally I've been waiting for this for so long. All right. Well, so you're, you're going to uh, box it live so- on the show, right? 
Uh, it's not. I actually opened it just so I could show you okay. because it's kind of un- I can awkward to unbox to it and to change the camera. I, I but I do have. Jump in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do have the Zenfone 9 on my. This is on my left. This is on your right on the camera. And the Zenfone 10 on my right, which is your left on camera. Um, as you can see, there's very little difference design wise with them. Um, I think one thing I noted when I did my hands-on of the Nothing Phone 2 was that, you know, I loved the design of that phone so much that I wanted to use it caseless. But unfortunately, I ended up having to order a case because, you know, I just didn't like how slippery that felt. I feel the opposite with the Zen phone. Like, this is the one of the best-feeling phones in my hand in a very long time. You know, it's not like a, it's not the coarse, rough feeling of, like, uh, the old OnePlus Sandstone backs, but it's like a very soft matte back feeling and it also just looks really cool like you can't really see it here because it's kind of like a black blurry we can see it we can see it a little bit yeah you can kind of see it here but uh it's very it feels amazing like i definitely will use this phone without a case for as long as i can it's got it's got a good it's got uh, a good phone feel is what you're saying yeah, it's very, very. Is, is it like that? T- it's not going to slip out. Yeah, of your is hand. it like that tacky kind of like Nexus Five kind of feeling, or uh, evolved from that? Like, you're you're probably too young for the Nexus think- Five, aren't you? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't remember how it feels. I, I probably have it somewhere. I just don't remember how it felt. Yeah, but like, but, like, uh, yeah, like, it's like definitely- you're not gonna you're not gonna it's not gonna slip out of your hand kind of feeling, right? No, no, yeah. no. It's not gonna slip out of your hand. It's not gonna start sliding around on the table. Yeah. That happened with my Nothing Phone. It actually slid slid off my. Um, nightstand because it's just so slippery on the back uh but other than that this is again like a compact phone you know compact by 2023 standards which is like a six inch phone but uh compared to other beasts like the galaxy z fold 5 this thing is definitely compact um and it has a snapdragon 8 gen 2 processor inside of it so it's you know very powerful for such a small phone uh, it has wireless charging this time around, which is something that was previously missing on most ASUS smartphones. It doesn't have an eSIM, so you know if you were looking forward to that, uh, you'll have to wait for another generation. It still does have a headphone jack. I show Church, it right here. There you go. That, you see that? I got Juan very excited. The there headphone jack. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. So if you are one of the you know people who still want to support a headphone jack on your phone, you have a whole bunch of audio gear that requires it or needs it. This is one of the phones to consider. There are dozens of us. <laughs> dozens, <laughs> dozens of right us. Um, I do want to call out their website um, in terms of their marketing by this uh, <laughs> calling out no. the, the mighty on hand uh, Zenfone 10. That, that this just looks, the, their website's got a very large hand holding the phone and it, it, it's horrifying. It, and the hand, it, it, it's a little too processed or ate something. It, 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 looks, looks, like it, AI, looks, it looks like AI. It looks like AI made it. Like if you told AI to make a hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is it mighty on your hand or mighty at, on hand is in close by? Uh, I'm knows? sorry. I'm just yeah. being. Oh, Zen phone. So, so, all right. So Michelle, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to put this phone through its paces and uh, come back and report back on how it is. I, I'm going to be using it. I think I'll focus more on like a pure software review because it's just, too much like this phone has already been through its paces through many other reviewers and all and i think you know zen ui which is the software that asus makes for its smartphones is kind of underappreciated it's one of my um more you know well-liked android skins and i think there's a lot 
that people don't know about what it can do. Cool. Um, I like speaking of which, that's exactly what I did with the Nothing Phone Two. I didn't do a review of the phone. I did a review of Nothing OS Two Point which was like over five thousand words. So if you want interested in reading about the software on that phone, you know you can go read that on uh, Android Central. Cool. All right, excellent. Well, thank you, Michelle. Um, so Juan, when we reached out to you and said, Hey, do you want to come on the show? You said, Oh, may I? Because you had stuff to share. Oh, awesome. So, what, oh, what, wow. what, so you've got these two little devices in your hand and little punks. I know. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to get the popcorn for this. I'm, I'm very excited to hear this, but tell, okay. tell us what you got. <laughs> so, so, so the, what, what we're going to talk about real quick, uh, two bookendingly polar opposite different solutions, uh, to power of face display real quick. I just gotta, I I just gotta reiterate something that I've been talking about a lot on my own personal channel for a while. I feel one of the absolute best accessories that you can add to a family of gadgets is getting some kind of portable monitor. Um, So if it's just like a, a regular sort of static screen that you can plug other devices into game consoles, tablets, phones, laptops, having one of these around the house is just super handy. And that can take a bunch of different forms. So like it could just be a regular screen like I just held up or a laptop dock. So it looks like a laptop, but it's sort of an empty shell just for the screen and the battery and the keyboard and the trackpad. And the most exotic flavor of this idea is a face display. So what, so these are, so these what are, do you mean by a face display? Because that sounds weird. A face. <laughs> it's a display you wear so, on your face. So are wow. they, is this like a VR goggle situation? Or cause those, no. Right, because those look like sunglasses. <laughs> so what are what, – yeah. They, they're, they're, so um, there, there are four major players in the space right now. The, company I, the companies I've been working with the most closely are Xreal formerly Enreal, and they make the Enreal Air. And then Rokid, they make the Rokid Max. And so these are two variations on a very similar idea. You've got these scooped birdbath optics um, that that sort of sit behind a traditional sunglasses-like front face. And they have little micro uh, mini OLEDs in them, 1080p resolution per eye. But this is not like virtual reality. It's not supposed to be immersive where you can't see the world around you. And they're often called augmented reality glasses, but the core use, and this is why I kind of talk about them as being face displays, the core use up to this point has just been you plug them into a computer, you plug them into a game console, and you'll see a, a big screen floating out in space in front of you no matter where you look. So it just occupies the center of your field. I'm, I'm, having, I'm having Google Glass PTSD. Uh, well, so Google Glass, Google Glass, I mean, this is why I get really cranky because like Google Glass into Focals by North was more of like a smart watch interface yep. kind of up around your eye. This is more the middle of your field of view is a 1080p display wow. that, you know, so here in my office, I've got a 50 inch TV and my office is about eight feet long on this, on this side. And I get a larger image out of these glasses projected out in space in front of me. And I really like these glasses for doing things. Like if I'm on an airplane, I plug this into my Steam Deck, and then I can sit as comfortably as I want. I'm not hunched over a tiny little game console trying to play. 
I can kick back and no matter where I look, I see basically a 70 inch or a 60 inch TV, depending on what distance and so, measurement. I just, I just pulled up so, uh, for our audio listeners, the, the X real yeah. website where they've got examples of people using their, their product. Uh, a lovely woman sitting in the back of a car looking out with the glasses and you see the movie that she's watching or a gamer on it's, the floor. It's hilarious. Play, yeah. But those kind, th- those, those very poorly photoshopped depictions <laughs> of what it's like, it's kind of like that, but a little bit more uh, see-through that yeah. you can, it's, so, it's, it's so not, is it a little minority report where you can actually see through it. So maybe well, what, what so, you're looking against matters. You know what I mean? Y- yeah. So, so like right now I've got lights on and I've got like white walls and stuff. And if I were to just watch like this with the, the lenses open, that wouldn't be a great viewing experience, but your brain does something where it starts focusing on the moving parts of the image and you start kind of canceling out the background information that you can see. But if you want, you can also get these shields that uh, completely block off the lenses. Okay. So th- these are just, <laughs> these are just the glasses. I mean, again, this is so unfamiliar to so many people, and you kind of think you know what it's like until you really put these on your face, and then you snap and like, oh, okay, I see where I could use this as a portable monitor for my laptop and go to dual display, but I have like a privacy display that only I can see. Or I'm playing a game on my Steam Deck, and I'm on an airplane, and I'm the most comfortable I've ever been, and I see this perfect representation. Or... I don't want to bug my wife, but I still kind of want to watch this movie and I can lay in bed and I'm sort of staring up at the ceiling and I see this awesome view of the movie, but I don't have lights and sound on to bug my wife while she's trying. This to is wild. This is <laughs> it's it's really intense stuff. But, you know, there's there's like the techie component of it, component of it where it's really unfamiliar. But these glasses do have sensors built into them for very a rudimentary, they call it three degrees of, of head tracking. So it's body anchored. So with the sensors and the right piece of software, you can do some simple things like I can pull up a web browser and I can stick it over like my left shoulder and then it just stays there. And when I look away, I can see something undisturbed, but then I can look back over and I can see that web browser floating in space. It's kind of funny because a lot of the demonstrations that you saw on Apple's keynote for Vision Pro were things that mixed reality and these little face displays are kind of already capable of doing for about one sixth the price. Well, that's I mean, we got a a question in the chat. How much do these cost? So like, A, how much do they cost? And B, how do they work? And and you've got two of them. So what what is I'm sorry. uh, So there are different solutions. And they're they're uh, again, to kind of summarize this really, really quickly, the uh, the X real air are a little bit older. They're now going into like a full year of production on this. Um, this retails for just under $400. So the, the glasses uh, themselves are $400. The glasses themselves are, yeah. are just under $400. Yeah. And then the Rokids are a little bit newer. Um, the X-Real, I mean, again, not to go down every single spec, but slightly narrower field of view, uh, typically used at around 60 hertz, and then just a very traditional glasses frame. The Rokid Max have a wider field of view. The, the optics are a little bit broader. So the image you see fills a little bit more of your field of view. Um, they have built-in diopters. So you can, if you're nearsighted, they have uh, adjustments to the optics that you can kind of focus the image per eye a little bit more effectively. And then they can also ramp up to 120 hertz. If you're doing anything high refresh, you can power it on these glasses and the the image is just incredibly smooth. 
So that was a lot of talking just to explain the glasses because one of the major issues with these types of products is what do you pair them with? So many of our phones, if you have a Pixel, they're difficult to power on an iPhone. iPhones are really bad about kind of sharing video out and powering these kinds of displays. Um, you know, like Xiaomi only just recently put USB 3 and video out into their most expensive phone this year. If you're already on something like Motorola Ready 4 or the Honor Magic desktop or Samsung DeX, you've been able to use these in a brilliant way and having your own floating virtual desktop powered directly from your phone just plugged in on the USB-C cable. But you go and you read reviews and so many people are frustrated like, oh, you said these were compatible with phones and it doesn't even work with the Pixel and you're trying to blame Google. Right, sure, X-Real. And you're like, no, actually, that is Google's bad because they don't put video out on Pixels. So both companies have made boxes to power the glasses in completely different ways. And this is what's exciting about sort of grassroots augmented reality is you kind of want both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so, well, Michelle, you got, you have a thought first before we get into each other. Yeah. I actually, yes. you know, on the pixel, I don't know if we talked about it on this show, but there was a rumor that the pixel eight will finally support yeah. display output. Yeah. So I'm really excited for that because I could finally use a pixel with one of these, you know, I'm, I'm, external I'm AR fingers. glasses. I don't want to be the negative Nancy because I absolutely adore Pixel products and I recommend them a lot. But one of the reasons why I don't use them is because of this like advanced functionality. And these phones are too powerful not to do other things with them. But we have heard these rumors before. Like we've picked apart some of the code in Android to look at desktop modes and like, oh, it's a beta on a Pixel. Maybe the next one will have video out. So I'm not holding my breath, but I, I'm so desperate that hopefully Pixel 8 will finally bring this to us. Right. But in, in those situations where maybe you don't have a phone that can power these glasses or any number of mid-rangers, think about all of the mid-ranger phones that are stupid powerful, but they don't have this kind of functionality. Um, the, the two solutions, Rokid and Xreal, Rokid came out with something called the Station. And I think this is a little bit easier to understand. This is basically a battery-powered Android TV with its own little micro HDMI and just a USB-C for power, and it functions just like a Chromecast. So it's, it's almost exactly the same as like a Chromecast remote. It, it you know, pulls up the Android TV interface any Android TV app that you can install on a Chromecast or on a smart TV, you can install here on the Rokid station. It doesn't do anything fancy. So all of the advanced head tracking and augmented reality and, and like the ability to change up the display size, it's not doing any of that. But it's a 5,000 milliamp hour battery that gets you roughly six hours of streaming if you've got a data connection. And it's just to power the glasses and provide you, I think, one of the most streamlined big screen entertainment modes that can sort of fit in your pocket and then you use it just like any remote you're familiar with. So so do you need a phone I mean is do you need a phone it, you need data. So you need data. It's an Android TV. Okay. So so imagine taking the Chromecast off of your TV and plugging it into a 5000 milliamp hour power bank. Got it. Okay. And and that's kind of what it is. It's a more convenient way to sort of carry that around yeah. and then it powers the glasses. So it's it's meant to be paired the Rokid station with the Rokid uh, glasses. So these kind of go together like that. Right. Um, I really wasn't expecting that to be that big of a deal. Uh, between the two products, I kind of got both around the same time. And I myself personally, being the super, super nerd, um, thought, okay, well, techies are going to see this and go, eh, whatever. 
just that notion of anywhere you go, you can take your Android TV. And then when you come home, you can plug this into a TV to use as your Android TV and just pair it up with another remote. And then when you leave, you take your TV with you with a giant screen that can fold up and fit in a shirt pocket. That's very cool. And that that immediacy made a lot of sense to a lot of people. And then I started digging in a little deeper. If you can do Android apps, it's really fun doing this with like Steam Link. So I run the game off of my big beefy workstation here in my office, which is roasting right now. And I don't want to stay in this room if I don't have to. Um, but then I can play on a screen that rivals the biggest screen in our home just by pairing a Bluetooth controller to this little Roked station. So it really opens up a lot of mobility, a lot of portability to this idea. And you don't have to run down a phone battery. You, you, it can be a, a separate experience from what you know, would normally power these glasses. So that's the easy one to explain. That's the easy one. Okay. So what, what is the uh, X-Real Beam? So the X-Real Beam is the, is the complete opposite. This is not a brain to power content. The X-Real Beam is uh, all of the horsepower of this little box is built to intercept the video from another device and add all of the augmented reality and head tracking to another product. So if I take my X-Real Air glasses and I pair them to my little laptop that I'm sitting in front of right now, what I'm going to see is a second monitor that just fills my field of view and everywhere I look, it's just statically right in front of me. It's kind of always in my face. So the beam adds that three degrees of head tracking so I can pin a monitor where I want it and so I've I'm looking down at my laptop, I can pin a second display, look over at it, and then look back and, and not have that in my field of oh, view. Wow. So this is like a little translator for every video feed that you might want to so, plug this so into. So yeah, like on their website, they show a Nintendo Switch, right? So you can plug yeah. this into any device that has... Uh, yes, yeah. some kind of HDMI yeah. out, and it's going to help power that experience and make it a bit more accessible for some of these products that don't. And it's also Miracast. So you can go wireless with everything except the Pixel. <laughs> so Pixels don't support Miracast. Yeah. But again, you could have your, your Samsung phone or your Motorola Ready 4 phone. You could fire it up wirelessly. And then not only do you get a, a wonderful representation wirelessly, but this will also add all of the extra head tracking and all of that you know, customization. So you can change the, the perceived distance if you want it to feel like the, the desktop is further away, like at the end of a table or opposite a desk, you can change that up. They also have a picture-in-picture -picture mode. So you can be out walking around. I mean, it's kind of silly to have $400 face displays on your face, but you can shrink it down and just have a little ticker window and keep watching the movie that you're watching so and cool. not you know, have the movie up in your face as you're out in public. Um, so this, this is not as easy to demonstrate at, or, as, or explain because it doesn't really do any of the content itself. Uh, X-Real is saying more apps are coming, but the main purpose for this box is to uh, solve a lot of the compatibility issues that these glasses have had with various devices. So wired, wireless, streaming, Miracast, all of that head tracking. And it, it also does some really interesting image stabilization work that the glasses can't do on their own. So there's like a slight delay when you move your head 
so that it can smooth the transition as you're looking away from the content that you have pinned. And that's not something that the glasses can do themselves because there's no brain in these glasses. So it's really difficult to kind of like express that and show and like in my video i'm doing these really hokey like animations it's like oh let me move around my office and this is three degrees of head tracking um but this is the 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 next step in i think a consumer accessible face computing in face display i, I don't know so you gotta trade you gotta I, trademark I call, that term face display i know i i call it I, so I'm, I'm very reluctant to say augmented reality glasses yeah. these are ar glasses but I think that comes with a loaded uh, sort of expectation that that a lot of us techies see stuff in science fiction. What like, was the mo- oh, in another the- couple of years, we're going to put contacts in and we'll have a full cyborg. Right. What was the Microsoft you know, like, one? Remember the demo where it's just somebody HoloLens. Hololens is it where they're fixing the plumbing or whatever yeah. it is? Yeah, exactly. So, I, so I mean, yeah. Hololens is still being developed, and Microsoft has a ton of military contracts yeah. to make real augmented reality a practical. Yeah, AR AR is huge in military. It's huge in manufacturing and factories yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, but but. I started playing with these glasses two or three years ago with some TCLs. TCL has a solution that's similar to these. And I got a bunch of comments. Hey, we know Apple's going to be doing AR and they'll do it right. And they're right around the corner and they'll show us what real sleek glasses can do. And when we finally saw that, we we got a $3,500 dev kit ski goggles right. That didn't really solve any of the mixed reality challenges that every other player has been playing with. They're coming with more resolution. That's cool. They're coming with some beefier internal processing. That's cool. But they're still at their core the same mixed reality experience we've always been seeing. And I don't think we can really solve this issue of augmented reality in a practical consumer form at the top of the market. And that's where these glasses get really exciting. They're super basic. They're not as techy or sexy or as exciting as like the new HTC Vive or what Apple's going to do with Vision Pro, but they're so imminently practical and they're so easy to use with a whole bunch of other things that you already own. Unless unless you have... We'll learn more about how to use this stuff. Unless you... (laughs) Well, unless you have... Unless... I mean, again, like I said, I'm not holding my breath, but I'm with you, Michelle. Like if Pixel 8 gives us video out, I'm... I'm gonna be so happy. So, so it sounds so like roughly like to me five is, to six hundred dollars for the glasses and the device. Yeah. If you had to pick one, oh, sorry, yeah. you had to pick e- each one of these boxes is around uh, hundred and twenty dollars. Right. So you add one hundred and twenty dollars to these glasses, and you're you're, you're right between five and six hundred dollars. You've got some kind of wearable, portable. Uh, computer display monitor thing that you can fit in a shirt pocket or wear as sunglasses if you want to take them. So can you can you pair multiple glasses with the same box? Like so if I wanted to watch with my husband, you know, we could each have so, our own display. Yeah, they call yeah, that a TV. Yeah. They call that a TV when <laughs> well, I'm, I know, so, but we're both uh, tech people and we watch stuff. What, what? Yeah. What I've been playing with is is trying to find ways that you can use like HDMI splitters, but the problem is making that portable yeah. and properly powered across both displays. And unfortunately, it's just like a Chromecast. If you try and I tried to plug in um, better audio on directly through the USB C on my Chromecast, and boy howdy, did that Chromecast freak out yeah. and wouldn't put out any signal. So the second you start messing with stuff like that for established streaming sites, it just instantly breaks your DRM. Yeah. So you don't get anything. If you're if you're planning ahead, I've had some luck 
you know, sort of splitting these video feeds and then using a service like Plex. So I've got like a shelf of like all of my absolute favorite movies. I never want to look for them on streaming services. I bought the Blu-rays and then I made copies of the Blu-ray to play on my own Plex server. And that has kind of worked. The problem is the additional cabling, the splitter, and then powering the splitter. So it complicates that chain a lot. But like you were saying, like it would be really cool if I could kick back with my wife and we could watch the same movie and have that same experience. Um, that we're starting to travel a little bit more. It's, I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, but I'm hoping that we'll see again, now that we've got some actual practical ways to power these glasses for consumers that aren't ridiculously expensive. Those are those next steps. How do you share an experience? How do you make this more interactive? How do you get app developers to build head tracking augmented reality it's apps talk, for these talk services. about large displays right stuff. we've been talking about te- foldables yeah. and tablets now like the, you know that sort of the, thing so it's the right and i mean it's the right time to talk yeah. about this this is the exotic version of looking at a foldable yeah. is i have a phone in my pocket and you know instead of sitting down and opening it to have a mini tablet that i'm looking down at what if i sit down and i keep the phone in my pocket but i throw some glasses on and then i've got a movie theater screen yeah sitting in front of me. You know, so foldables are already facing competition from some very quiet but exotic um, options that are coming down the pipe. These these glasses are the tip of the spear yeah. for some really uh, some really interesting ways to change up how we interact with our phones. Yeah, so on, on the Android side of things, what I'm most looking forward to in the future is, you know, there's a partnership between Google and Samsung who are working on an XR OS, which is based on Android. Yeah. I'm curious to see if that's actually like a standalone OS for smart, augmented reality smart glasses or if that's improvements to Android to improve the experience of, you know, outputting to augmented reality glasses. And if it's the latter, I think that will have big implications for devices like these. Well, bo- bo- both sides actually have you because this stuff is the Wild West. I mean, it's so raw. There's there's so there there is no right answer yet. And think about we were talking about headphones. Think about how difficult it is to get a good pair of earbuds to fit comfortably. Yeah. We don't have that nut cracked. Everybody's biology is different. You put a screen in front of your eyeballs, that difficulty increases. It's an order of magnitude more difficult than good earbuds. And we've been working on headphones for a century. Um, every company is trying to present their product as if this is like, this is the solution. We are taking our first baby steps. So, so those comments about like software and XROS, one of the things that breaks my heart is seeing how Google kind of gutted their, um, I forget what the project name was, uh, but their augmented reality division. Project they R, had acquired, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, they had acquired a little mini company that I absolutely adored, uh, North. They made the Focals by North and they were these little heads up display glasses. Not really augmented reality. It was just a smartwatch interface right up at eye level. And that's all it was. Super, super simple. And that they they got all of that IP and then they kind of killed the division that was working on this kind of consumer practical heads up display. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff where we really learn about all of the different faces and all of the different eyes and all of the different noses and all of the different skulls that make this stuff more accessible to everybody. If we start with like $1,200, $1,500, $3,500 ski goggles, 
we're not going to learn that stuff. We're going to leave a lot of people behind needs to be ex- until we find a way exactly. to make Low it Low-cost and accessible. This is fascinating, Juan. Thank you so yeah. much. This stuff is awesome. So uh, yeah. check out the X-Real Beam or the Rokid Station. If you got $600, want to get get on board with it. I'm tempted. Honestly, the Rokid Station looks pretty cool. I'm tempted by that. The The Beam, I feel like the, the whole needs to connect to something. But the fact that the Rokid Station is in one thing uh, seems pretty cool. So. I totally miscalled it. Oh. I really thought techies were going to be more interested in like, oh, you know, this is the Swiss Army knife. It's yeah. going to do all the head tracking. It's going to do the AR stuff. And then I did the the video on the station and people flipped out. Yeah. Oh, I can really power it. Oh, I can really watch this stuff. Oh, I can play games from it. That's what got people lit yeah. up. So I was completely off the pulse right. there. But cool. I've been playing with both. And I got to tell you, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to give one of them up. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like having both here. It's of good me. to have options. So, yeah. all right. Yeah. For Thank sure. you so much, Juan. That's awesome. That's very cool. It's a corner of Android that I, I don't think it was on my radar. So that's awesome. All right. Well, we're close to the end of the show. We got a couple of uh, app stuff to share with you, and then some feedback. And so, when uh, I'm hand it to you for our first app story. Yeah, and for folks that loved, you know, the Google, the Gmail alternative that Go- that Google uh, confusingly killed. Five years, almost five years, five years ago now. Was it 2018? Was the last year of, of uh, Inbox? Yep. Um, if y'all missed that, uh, the the very four short years that Inbox was out in the wild, and a lot of people really enjoyed it and loved it, and were very sad that it was sent off into you know the killed by Google.com app afterlife. Well, if you missed it. We did talk about a spiritual successor to Inbox on the ghost of shows past. Let's just find as many euphemisms for the old show as possible. Um, so we talked about the about a new app called Shortwave. And after a year and a half of, of kind of a small you know, group of beta testers, it is now released in the Google Play Store. So if you missed all of your favorite Inbox goodies, like you know, a kind of a more get things done GTD style of achieving inbox zero with things like pinning, bundling, snoozing, you know, kind of triaging and, and kind of like a, a smarter way of doing email, then maybe shortwave is your jam. So I, so I actually downloaded this two days ago and it's kind of hard because not unlike inbox, shortwave isn't just kind of like a magic you know, a magic wand on your inbox to achieve inbox zero short shortwave is, is more an approach, right? Just like GTD and just like in a sense inboxes where you kind of have to, you kind of have to work the method, um, which is, uh, it has two parts, which is basically triaging your inbox and then also automating your workflow. And the idea is that shortwave is providing you tools to do both of these things and, and kind of helping you triage, you know, whether it's pinning things that you got to do today so that you don't, you know, forget about it and you handle it, but then also allowing you to kind of you know, really prioritize your inbox, snooze things, and being able to do things like say, like, maybe I like to take my Sundays to read all my newsletters, rather than having to get them one by one and kind of missing them during the week, you can actually bundle things together, you know, by, you know, type by sender and have them actually scheduled to be sent to you when you want them. So there's a lot of these kind of tools, which of course, get your drink cards ready, are boosted by AI, because of course, what is not these days. Um, but if you are looking kind of for a tool that will help you, and, and that's just a tool but an approach to help you get to i I really like this achievable inbox zero um shortwave might be your jam um it is free to use at the free level we'll call it there's only 90 days of searchable email history but if you are liking it and you pay nine dollars a month you'll get unlimited searchable emails and a basically promised one business day turnaround uh time on support and 
yeah, just go ahead and try it. If that, if, if you need a little bit of help with your inbox, uh, or rather you missed inbox and you need a little bit of help, help managing your emails, um, shortwave, just also shout out to Android Lee, um, who is a founder of, is that right? Is, I'm sorry. I should have looked this up before I even started talking. Uh, but we got a very nice ping from Andrew Lee, uh, who is, uh, part of shortwave and just, you yep. know, remember that we talked about them last year, but now that they're out and published in production, uh, gave us a ping. So. There you go. Yep, you it was give it a shot. Andrew Andrew Lee uh, uh, sent us a great. I like. He sent us a great. He sent me a great email, and at the bottom it says "sent with shortwave," which was nice to see. But I got to admit, like <laughs> I, I love email apps. Like it's 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 one of my it's yeah. my jam in terms of categories. Not only do I like the approach they did, the the responsible use of AI with those kind of uh, generated summaries and things like that, but it looks nice. It looks different. Like it's so, nice. Yeah, we're so used to you know email apps all starting to look the same, but they really applied a great design sense to the whole app itself. Um, so I'm going to give it a, a test drive. I'm going to play with it. Um, you know, I've been riding the main Gmail app for for a while. It's been a while since I've dove in with an email app. So I'm excited to give Shortwave a test uh, a test run. So yeah, I just started playing with it, and it's it's pretty cool and it's real pretty. I, I'm actually kind of surprised that we didn't see more companies try to pick up where Inbox left off. So this this is kind of a a fun revisit to sort of getting to done in yeah. your in your email. All right, cool. All right, so congratulations, Shortwave, on launching. Hey, Inbox, coming back from the grave. Um, all right, cool. Uh, so, Michelle, you shared a tip on Reddit recently. Can you uh, tell us about that? Yeah, so I just recently discovered that if you use the Files by Google app and you select a folder, you can actually initiate nearby share on the entire folder and all the subfolders within it. And when you share it with your Chromebook, your another Android device, or a Windows PC, it actually retains the folder structure, which is um, actually kind of new functionality. Because previously, if you selected a whole bunch of uh, files or like a folder, and you shared it through any other app, like the Samsung My Files app, it would just share all of those files, and they'd all end up in your downloads directory. So like if you were trying to share like... I don't know, 100 MP3 files or like 100 uh, memes from your pictures folder or whatever. It would all show up in your downloads folder uncategorized. But now you can have all your categories and folders retained when you share it, but only through the Files by Google app at the moment. It's almost as if it like that. I mean, I use a Mac, oh, you know, OS X uh, laptop. It's only, you know, you drag a folder from Finder into another folder and the folder structure happens, right? Like... That just all works. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was having to make zips whenever I would take like a, a group of files and I would, I would zip it up and then, and then share it that nice. way. So this is, this is a lot handier. Well, that's a good tip. Thanks, Michelle, for that. That's a good one. And, and, uh, that was posted in the Android subreddit, right? So, um, uh, if you, yeah, that's, that's where you're posting some of these tips when you find them or. Well, I mean, I cross-posted it to like five different platforms, but that's the one that I submitted for this show. <laughs> cool. Right on. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, that's going to round it up for apps. We're going to get into our feedback. We got a couple emails, but first we have a live response to last week's show from Mr. Juan Bagnell here. Um, as we were talking about the, uh, the update from Google, uh, on trackers, uh, as well as the update on the, uh, on the delay in the Find My Device network. Uh, so Juan, uh, you have the floor, sir. I, I'm going to keep this short. I was rambling so much about all the glasses and stuff. We don't have to stay on this too long. I wanted to reiterate, and I just wanted to give a thumbs up to Michelle because the breakdown on that situation, I thought you did a really good job 
of talking about this. And it's great that you were having me on because I was literally like starting to write out an email to reply to have read on the show. Um, but Ron, again, in my role as the person who encourages you to eat your vegetables. My Jiminy Cricket. I, yeah, exactly. I don't feel a lot of people really appreciate just what this network really represents and what they're signing up for. And it's one of those situations where I'm shocked that we haven't seen some regulatory response to Apple's business practices and how they're pushing their network forward. The, 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 the things they blew up and the potential damage and the potential harm that their AirTags could have caused and how the whole rest of the industry is having to kind of fix Apple's problems, but Apple isn't, doesn't really seem to be contributing much to making the situation better and is still the de facto conversation in this tracker hardware. Um, I, I've got frustrating emails from Chipolo and Pebblebee and some replies from Tile. I was planning a whole roundup of this hardware to cover it over the summer so we could talk about a more open protocol for using this kind of location tracking. And I just wanted to pick back on one thing that you said in last week's show where, you know, you don't use these trackers. You're not really, you know, you don't have a horse in this race. But I wanted to ask, Ron, do you use, like, Find My Device? Nope. So you do no GPS, you do no location sharing, you lose a phone, it's just gone forever. Uh, the key is you don't lose the phone. <laughs> but, but I mean, you go out of your way to make sure that all of that stuff's disabled. And you no, I don't. It's all probably it on. I'm, I'm totally BS. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah I'm, sure it's, I'm sure it's all on. Yeah, but I, I've never lost the phone, thankfully. So, um. <laughs> well, you're a luckier man than I, um, as I look at this, like, mountain. Also, of keep in mind, I barely leave my house anymore for the past four years. So like, <laughs> but but to that point. I don't feel that that these companies and I feel like Google is doing a better job of this, but I don't think they're really sticking the landing in a way that I feel is responsible for consumers is that you can look up your phone and you can find your phone and now you can stick a tracker to something and you can find it if it encounters another one of these devices. You are a part of this network. Yeah. If you don't have a tracker, you're still contributing this location data. You're still a part of how all of this is going down. And, and I think it's grossly irresponsible of Apple to have put out this product that is, is so location powerful and is so uh, communicative in everybody's, uh, with everybody's personal data and didn't build these safeguards in. And, and especially for Apple calling themselves a market leader. This is the kind of uh, journalistic pushback and the regulatory pushback that Apple really is kind of over the, the brazen irresponsibility of the rollout, yeah. right? And like, and like, this is kind of where yeah. you want a third party to come in and, and I, I mean, not cheese, I hate to say it, but regulate that, well, you know, like that, that this whole kind of category. But I know, uh, Ron, yeah. I have had so many conversations with you. I know that that was, that was acid in your mouth saying regulators yep. getting involved yep. in businesses. Yep. Yeah. But, but you're, we're to a point where the next reasonable and responsible move, and this is something that I hope all of us can kind of keep an eye on, keep track of, and maybe even put a little pressure on so that it doesn't come to government getting in the way right, of business. Which we never want to see happen, but yeah. But if business can't police itself, we need it. Yep. But Google now needs to be responsible for taking everything that they've learned and fixing all of Apple's mess, and they need to work directly with the Bluetooth special interest group. Yeah. If Apple were a market leader... This would be a part of Bluetooth 5.3. Yeah. Just like how we open up some well, earbuds this, and it auto pairs to our phones, this, we should have this kind of. This is totally, this is pulling a thread on a sweater and then we're, we're already mm -hmm. running along because like this ties back sure. to the RSS debate 
And yes. the, 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 the narrow sidedness of iMessage and Apple's whole messaging platform as a singular solution versus using SMS, which was a, a, a widely adopted protocol that was available to everybody. It's the, yeah. this is the same topic that we keep bumping same. up against and, yeah. and, uh, just drives me crazy. So. And- and and I know I'm preaching to the choir yeah. here on a show called Android Faithful, and they're going to – a lot of people from the outside in, if they catch this kind of commentary, they're just going to say we're angry Android nerds. But this is the kind <laughs> of journalistic response that I feel Apple has also been – you know, sort of over. I need to when because we know roll back the video and take a screenshot a of Wynn's reaction just now. And he's <laughs> but but we know for a fact, and this is something that I think Michelle, you did a really good job of commenting on last week too. We know for a fact if Google had put out their own hardware tracker and they had ripped off Tile's business model and given their phones and their ecosystem preferential data that they never would have given to a competitor, just like Apple did in ripping off Tile, and then. There was a huge gaping hole in that tracker's potential for abuse. There would be no end of headlines about how Google is stealing your information and Google is coming after you and Google's watching your kids and Google's giving up, you know, all of this data. And Apple has, is still the de facto sales point for a tracker tag right now. They're, They're still profiting from this. They're still doing business on this. And, you know, Major news publications, major television channels. I, well, I mean, that's like nerdy stuff. No one really cares about that. AirTags are pretty cool. You should just use those. Uh, Tim Cook's out there. Buy your mom an iPhone. Whatever. It's all good. And this is this is what's so galling is like we've had example after example after example of Apple breaking standards to make their competitors look like their products are the problem and then never really getting the pushback or the oversight that they, they kind of need yeah. at this point. Open Pandora's box and just watch us all scramble to put everything back inside. And be like, oh, uh, yeah, look break what, it and then sell it at scale yeah. and then fix it if you can yeah. is a terrible strategy when you've got a $2.8 trillion market cap. You need to be more responsible than well, that. Well, maybe next time, Juan, you write that email instead of coming on the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I put it's it in all, the private know, chat that we can skip it if you wanted to. I'm no, it's saying. good. It's good. It's all Preach, good. Uh, well, we thank you for that live response to last week's episode. Uh, I, I like the. It's like the uh, the you know back in the day on TV they'd have people come on with a response to something that was said. You know, like you know, like I, I, I like that. We should continue to do that, but. I just the, the main response is Ron. Even though you're not you're in, in it, it you, whether you want to be, you're in it, which you, I get, which is you're you're fair part point, of it fair too. point. So, um, well, thank you, Juan. <laughs> if you weren't on the show, you could have emailed contact at androidfaithful.com, and we would have read your email. Um, just like uh, rising to the top of the charts, our number one emailer uh, Chuck wrote in again, and when you're gonna you're gonna share Chuck's email for us, right? Yes, yes. And Chuck from Thousand Oaks, California, is your doc- talk to us about some Samsung. So. You were wondering why people were faithful to Samsung. Here are my reasons in order of importance. Number one, I will get a $1,000 trade-in on my 18th, 18-month-old S21 Ultra toward an S23 Ultra, making the net up- upgrade cost $200. Can't do that with Google. Number two, I love One UI. The customization is insane. Good luck is fantastic. Number three, the phones are rock solid. I've dropped my S21 Ultra at least 50 times in the last 18 months with nary a scratch. Number four, I'm a big fan of rounded glass sides. The less bezel, the better, in my opinion. Number five, I'm a person that actually uses a stylus. It's the best method for screenshots, allowing me to crop, annotate, and modify screenshots before I save it. 
In fact, I don't need to save it if I want to share it. Number six, I've been a Samsung user since the Galaxy Nexus days, going all through the Note series and now the S2, S20, X, S20 something Ultra series. What would it take to get my business from Samsung? Another phone with an extremely configurable OS, a great upgrade plan, and possibly a built-in stylus. I could adapt to no stylus, but the other thing would have to be exceptional. Oh, the other things would have to be exceptional. Notice I didn't mention the camera anywhere. Why? Every flagship phone has an excellent camera. I can't understand why Apple still pushes cameras in their marketing. It's no longer an advantage. Regards, Chuck in Thousand Oaks, California. Good email, Chuck. And it just shows the show that there's something for everybody in the world of Android and you found your home. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, since the Nexus. Yeah. I mean, I had, he's ride or die. I had, the, I had the Samsung Galaxy Nexus. I, I think that's my only yeah, Samsung phone I, I ever owned. Yeah. So. I have it. I have it on that shelf right over there. Still, it's a museum piece. Um, so yeah, I mean, these are all good points. Um, it's point. funny the camera point. I think is interesting because it's like you wonder why Apple still promotes that, but like the Apple audience think they have the best camera, so like they're it, it's preying on ignorance, you know. So um, oh well, there you go. All right. Well, if you have any thoughts uh, or responses to anything from this episode, um, in fact, like we were talking about shortwave, if you want to hear more about our experience with shortwave or email apps or other apps, I know people have been emailing in their suggestions for the new show. We want to hear them. What do you want to see? Uh, please email us at contact at androidfaithful.com. Uh, or, or you could do what I did. Just come, yeah, on, just the come show. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll book you on. So. If you just want to <laughs> ramble for like five minutes about like regulatory oversight that these guys are game. You should just do it. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Juan, on that note, uh, where can people find more of your rants? Uh, I'm all over the place. Uh, some gadget guy around the web. Um, I'm spending a little less time these days on like the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Instagrams. Uh, I'm, I'm really digging the vibe over on Mastodon and trying to kind of build up some of the federated uh, interactions and stuff. But somegadgetguy.com, some gadget guy on social media, some gadget guy on YouTube. And then I, I can't talk about it yet, but I might be doing some uh, some freelance work with another big tech magazine. So cool. fingers crossed that uh, we'll we'll get some fun content out on uh, some some major uh, some major. Well, sites we will be there to consume it and hopefully have you on so you can promote it again. And you know, Juan, we love you and we want listen. Juan is on our list of, of potentially, hopefully, repeat guests that'll be on more often with the new show. So. Um, no. I am down no. again. I, thank you so much for, for extending the invite and reaching out and, and again, joining these kinds of conversations. It's, it's really nice. There, there are a lot of us nerds out there that, that really value and cherish these, these weekly sort of round table chats. So I'm, I'm so happy to hear. You oh, you're going to make Michelle cry. So all the kind words. <laughs> all right. So Michelle speaking, throwing the hat over to you. Where can folks find you? So if you want to follow me on Twitter or whatever it's called nowadays, Mastodon, Telegram, et cetera, all my usernames are the same. It's just my first name, last name, at Michelle Ramon. But I'm also trying out something new. Um, earlier today, actually, I literally just opened this up. I opened up a Patreon, and um, this is a way for you to support me in my independent Android news coverage because you know I post a whole bunch of really good content for free on Twitter for everyone to consume. And I don't get a lick of it. I don't get anything out of it, like monetarily wise, right? 
I don't know how long I can continue doing that, you know, for it to be viable. You know, I do post articles from time to time, but I think I want to continue posting content that people enjoy. So I'm opening this up as a way for you to support me. And so I can continue to bring the kind of coverage that, you know, you expect from me from for the foreseeable future. And if you scroll down, I, I am providing some unique benefits. Like there are some uh, exclusive details right now, like um, Android 14 release date, potentially, and some details on Android 15. So if you want to see some exclusive stuff and join my members only Discord, you know, you can start supporting me right there. So yeah, so and, and also and by of course, there, support and, this show. And by there, you mean at patreon.com slash patreon.com slash Michelle Ramon. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, also be sure to support Android Faithful. You know, this is this is a great show. You know, with, with after all about Android, you know, discontinued its show. You know, it's it's great to have another place to talk about Android every week. Yep, and we appreciate everybody who supported us. And yeah, and go support Michelle. Three bucks, three bucks a month. That's a, that's less than a cup of coffee. I mean, it's a Sally Struthers bit. You know, there in, a, in and of itself. Um, <laughs> so so we thank every you know thank everybody for supporting Michelle, and please support us over at patreoncom faithful. Um, and yeah, so that's awesome. Uh, all right, so uh, when where can folks find you? Yeah. So, I mean, support your journalists, support your creators and support your devs. And I'm biased saying that because I am an Android dev. That's my day job. I've uh, been doing it for, wow, is it ten, over 11 years now? But yeah, I speak about Android dev stuff. So if you're interested, you can check out my talks, code and associate video on my website, randomlytyping.com. And I am in social media places at Queen Code Monkey. It's pro- if you, if, if, if Queen Code Monkey is there, hope, I want to say almost assuredly, but hopefully it's me. If it's not, tell me. <laughs> Tell me. Um, got a lockdown. But, <laughs> I'm trying to. I finally got that blue sky sky invited. So there's. I, I should get on TikTok. And I didn't know you were. I had. I had some. I would have totally hooked you oh, up with. Oh, it's okay. It uh, regular audience member Jason Howell hooked me up, but I, I'll, I'll totally normal regular <laughs> person, regular Jason not Howell. special. I mean, you're all. Awesome. I got on blue sky a couple of months ago, and then like I had signed up for, to get in, and uh, like last week they sent they finally sent me the email like you're in, here's your code. I'm like, dude, I've already been in. Like, do you do 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 your uh, your uh, database? So anyway, um, lots of great segue because I am on blue sky, I am on Mastodon, I am on Threads, I am on Twitter X, I am on uh instagram i'm ronxo everywhere there there might be some other stuff or the um, i think i'm the ronxo on tiktok because somebody has ronxo which is annoying um i don't post that much uh although you follow me on instagram i post a lot of music stuff uh when i go see shows and things like that so definitely check that out but uh thank you everybody for the support uh go check out my other podcast over at ifanboy.com uh every month i'm on there talking about movies and tv shows i join josh and connor they talk about comics every week um so it's fun stuff so and thanks for listening to this podcast. You are the best. And we want to thank Juan for joining us. Thank you for watching, uh, because that's going to bring us to the end of Android Faithful this week. Um, and this podcast publishes every Tuesday evening. You can subscribe at androidfaithful.com. Email us at contact at androidfaithful.com. Uh, and we'll see you next week on Android Faithful. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.